Hello, and welcome to episode 10 of Turner's Digest. I can't believe I'm already at double digits here. Um, thanks for listening. Those of you who have been here since the beginning or joined at some point in the way, hi, or if you're new here today, welcome. Most, I don't do any advertising for this except for in some Discord channels and sometimes on Reddit or that's about it. So if you like the podcast and want to support, just feel free to share it with other people that you think would be interested in it. Um, that's my shameless plug for the day. But today we're going to go over some articles and Doctor of Credit as always, some news that I've seen in the industry. And then at the end, I'm going to talk about, um, I've been meaning to make a change out of my main checking account for maybe like a, a month or two now. And I finally decided to bite the bullet, like starting the process today. So I'll walk through my thought process of why I made this choice, where I was considering and what I wound up choosing. So first we'll talk about the Doctor of Credit things. So those of you who've been following me, you know I'm pretty heavy into the Bank of America ecosystem and they just made a positive change. It's not super positive, at least for me, or it's not a super big deal, at least for me, um, but it is a positive change nonetheless. For their customized cash rewards card, they have announced that they added some categories to two of their category of choice. They've added some merchant categories, I should say, to their categories of choice for that card. So you have an option of selecting a couple different categories for that card, including gas, pharmacies, home improvement, online shopping, and I think travel. Um, and they just announced that they're making some changes to it, some positive changes. So online shopping now, in addition, includes to what it already included, now has cable, streaming, internet, and phone plans. And for gas, it now includes electric vehicle charging which is very nice. I believe there's another card out there. I think Costco card or something earns 4% on electric vehicle charging. So it's nice to have another card out there that has that option. And with preferred preferred rewards, you can boost it up to 5.25% up to $2,500 and spend per quarter. So that's pretty nice. And something to note on the online shopping category, it was it always included streaming. So it's interesting they're now saying it's included. And I know some people have noted that some things that previously worked under the old terms and now under the new terms don't work. They've always been a little bit different with these online shopping categories where they have specific carve outs for particular merchant category codes that do not work. Instead of saying like, oh, all of these are the ones that are included. They have um, a deny list instead of an allow list. So they specifically carve out which merchant category codes don't work. And in Bank of America, the UI, they don't show you the merchant category code, but they do show you the merchant category which you can then line up with the table and the terms so i linked in the show notes as well as on the companion page the old terms as well as the new terms so if you want to compare and contrast the two they're pretty similar but the two things that changed were like i said the gas category and the online shopping category they should probably change it from gas to i don't really know what would encompass electric vehicle charging not even fuel maybe fuel power Automobile power, I don't know. Gas is a little disingenuous. Anyway, next, um, this isn't something a doctor of credit reported on, so I guess it's a bit of an exclusive, but Albert Genius upgraded their, I wouldn't say upgraded, but increased their fee. Before it was a sliding scale where you can go from like $0 to I think like $30 a month you can pay, and they they, they had the mentality of pay how much you think it's worth, and obviously the majority of people are just going to slide it all the way down anyway. Um, but now it's fourteen ninety nine flat 
you don't have a choice of paying however much you want. So, I, I mean, that's a ridiculously hard sell. Their cashback options in the app, they're limited to $5 per offer. So if you use three of them in a month, you're only breaking even. And that's really not great considering you can get decent cashback elsewhere on that spend. And it's capped at $5. So you won't even be spending that much anyway. Per $5 per boost. And they they refresh every week. So like I've been waiting on my Whole Foods one to refresh, and I haven't seen it come back yet. Sometimes it's towards the end of the week, so I'm still waiting for that. But that's the one that I most heavily use. Um, I think I've talked about this in the past, but I have my Albert card connected to my Curve card. And whenever I shop at Whole Foods, I go to self-checkout, and I split up all my charges into $25 charges. So I just hit pay with multiple cards, $25, and charge it to Curve. And I charge it to my regular grocery card. And then when my Albert Boost for Whole Foods comes back, I activate it, then change the go back in time on Curve to the Albert card to get the $5 boost, which is nice. One thing I will note with this change, the free trial is still churnable, so you're still able to sign up for the free trial for Genius, cancel it just before it renews, activate it again, and there's no problem. Um, again, I, I'll put a referral link in the show notes. I don't really think Albert is worth it too much unless you want to go through the hassle of churning the free trials but i'll leave it there just in case um, i do have an idea coming up here with albert that i thought was kind of interesting it might draw some attention to my account and I, as i mentioned i think in last episode i'm kind of teetering on the line of what albert would probably be okay with putting up with me um, this idea would have me directly talking to albert or an albert representative so we'll see if i go through with it i, I think i might if you think it's interesting let me know i've been putting like if you listen on Spotify, well, this is only on Spotify because I'm too lazy to set it up anywhere else. Anyway, if you listen on the Spotify app, I put like questions on the podcast episodes. So you can like write to me if you want, or you can just DM me on Discord at Fear the Z or on Reddit at Fear the Z, um, or you can at me on Doctor of Credit comments, but that's a brain dead way to do that. Um, but if you're, if you think you'd be interested in hearing like a sort of in depth, personal conversation with Albert and like my review of one of their products let me know I'm teetering on the idea um, it will cost me a little bit of money and it's just going to come out of my pocket but I think it would be decent content so I think I might just bite the bullet and do it anyway let me know in the whatever the hell they call it question or fill in the blank thing next uh, Albert or excuse me Ally just after they announced their referral program they announced a sign-up bonus which I was shockingly eligible for so it's a $200 checking account bonus if you don't have a checking account with Albert if you just have a savings account it's still you're still qualify it's direct deposit at least $1,500 in the first 90 days which is in my opinion pretty easy to meet so if you have never had a spend account with Ally I would highly suggest going for this it's a pretty easy $200 something to note this does not stack with the referral. So if you use the referral to sign up for the spend account before or you want to sign up now and you're thinking about using the referral, it won't stack. I know, um, I forget his name. The guy that does the Daily Churn podcast who heavily influenced me. Let me see if I can get his name. Ah, there it is, Kai. Kai mentioned that he was signing up for this bonus and I think he was using Swagbucks to get an additional some Swagbucks points from the sign up, but he forgot to put 
the referral or not the referral code, the signup code, which is get 200. So he didn't do that and he wasn't able to retroactively add it via support. So if you do plan on doing it with the Swagbucks portal, make sure you put in the code. If you use the link that's on Doctor of Credit or um, just on Ally's site, ally.com slash go slash bank slash checking bonus, it'll automatically put the code in there. But if you go through Swagbucks, you'll have to do it yourself. I've heard reports that it does stack with that. I didn't do that, but if you're interested in trying that, give it a shot. Just be sure to put in the code. Next, we have there's some targeted uh, Apple Card 5% cashback offers. So if you have the Apple Card, there's some boosts for 5% cashback on travel, dining, both, or one of each. Um, so it's worth it to look. It's in a weird spot. When you go to your Apple Card, you've got to hit the three dots in the top right corner and then go to daily cash and then scroll down. It, it'll show there. I don't have it. Mine just shows 6% at uh, Panera and like a $775 referral link, which I'll leave a referral again in the show notes in the companion page. Card's not super worth it. It's only $75. There is a targeted like $200 offer out there, but it's specifically targeted and you have to receive an email for it. So I think that's worth it. I was able to like somehow triple stack my Apple card sign up bonus. I think I got $225 from it. There was a $75 off of your purchase at Ace Hardware, a $75 purchase at Ace Hardware. And then there was a $75 sign up bonus for any purchase. And then I accidentally refunded the purchase that triggered the initial $75 bonus. And I reached out to support and it was automatically credited back to me. But then the support also gave it to me. So I like got double credited, which was nice. But otherwise, I don't really think the card's very much worth it. Moving on from that, speaking of Ally that I just mentioned a minute ago, somebody used my referral link. I don't know if it was from the podcast or from Dr. Credit Page. I didn't get a name either, but thanks for using that. I think I got like 50 bucks. So thanks for that and appreciate that. Um, as I said before, the show is just for S's and G's. I'll try and keep it PG. So things like that are nice. I get a little kickback for doing the pod. So appreciate that. Next, uh, I saw the email this morning and Dr. Credit made a post about it as well. Current Bank, which was pretty big back when uh, APYs were starting to uptick. They offered 4% up to 6K without any requirements. Now I think it requires like a $500 or $1,000 direct deposit per month, which isn't worth it. But they just emailed all customers this morning, including customers who already had a closed account, and then they had to send a redacted email saying, sorry, you already closed your account. This was sent to you in error. But if you do have an active account currently, they changed their deposit agreement terms to include a $5 inactivity charge if you're inactive for 12 months, as well as a closure fee of $10. I'm literally right now in the process of talking to Curve and, or excuse me, Current and getting my account closed. I don't think they'll charge me but I don't have a use for the account. There's like 24 cents sitting in the account that I can't easily transfer it out because they won't let you transfer out less than a dollar and I don't want to hook it up to another account because it's just a pain for 24 cents. So maybe they'll eat it. Maybe they'll mail me a check. I don't know, but I'm closing the account. I don't want to have to worry about the $5 fee. So if you have that account, keep that in mind and maybe go ahead and close it out yourself. You can chat with them in the app, which will probably be easiest. There is a large queue. I was like 74th in the queue. I waited maybe like 20, 30 minutes, but... If you don't want the account, I suggest closing it. All right, next. 
Dr. Credit did make a post about this. There is a 20% cash back offer for Cash App up to $10 with Target. So that equates to $50 in spend. Coincidentally, I also received in my email a $15 off, $90 of spend targeted offer via Target Circle. And in addition to that, Albert always has a 10% off up to $5 cash back on Target. So if I were to make a $100 purchase on Target and use PayPal to split that transaction, I think Target, I know PayPal supports it with some merchants. I don't know if Target's one of them. Like you can pay with PayPal, pay with two separate cards. I could pick my Cash App card. I can pick my Albert card, put $50 on each and get the Target Circle offer $15 off of $9 spend, which would be the $5 from Albert, $10 from from Cash App, $15 from Target, which would be $25 discount on $100 spend. So that'd be 25% off. I have to figure out what I want to buy. I know it's my dad and my brother's birthday coming up here, so I'll probably wind up having to buy something, but I just have to go through the hoops to get the extra cash back there. But if you do have that offer and you have Albert and you have Cash App, there's a nice $25 off for you. The Target Surfer offer, just to reiterate, is targeted, so you might not have it. I know someone said they had like a 10% off offer, which mine is a little bit better if you spend exactly 100 it'll beat it out. Um, so just keep that in mind. All right, so that's it for my like doctor of credit news in the industry update. Next, I'll talk about my changes to my personal checking account situation. So for, I think, about a year now, I've been using Juno, formerly on Juno, as my main checking account just because they offered... I think at the time it was 3% APY, and now it's 5% APY on your account. And since using them, I really started to enjoy the luxury of having a high-yield checking account, not savings account, because I like to have my emergency fund as my checking account and not have to worry, do I have enough to cover my credit card balances? I have all of my credit cards going to auto pay, going to statement credit, statement balance, coming out of Juno and I have my direct deposit going into Juno. So I want to make sure there's enough in there at all times for whatever spend I need. It also comes with ATM reimbursement or ATM network. So I'm able to use all all point ATMs. Sometimes I need cash to buy certain things that require cash. I don't use it too often, but if I have to, it's nice to have. So that's a requirement as well. So I didn't really list this out bullet wise, but I, I did in my show notes. My requirements are a checking account, a high yield account, which has probably around four over percent in APY and some kind of ATM network or reimbursement plan. Now, some of you may be thinking, well, you've been with Juno for so long, for like a year, what's making you leave? There's been a lot of discussion in the Juno Discord and not great discussion either. Um, they've been pretty heavy handed with sort of banning in there as well as Someone reported a, a bug that will bypass the login screen completely and allow people to log into your account without having any credentials on iOS. This is through, I think, through like removing a biometric if you have biometric enabled and the way that Juno implemented it doesn't properly check for that and require you to put in your password. It just bypasses the entire login screen. So the fact that they've had this bug reported in them for over a week now and have not pushed a change is very alarming to me, especially when I have a decent chunk of change in there with them. In addition, they this change going from 5% on your balance to 
bounces of 20k plus I, i've seen this in the past with um other fintechs where they start requiring a particular balance to be met to get certain bonuses or certain to incentivize you to have certain balance in the account and that is a red flag to mean that they're losing money and running out of venture capital fund which i mean which is pretty obvious that they're going to eventually run out they they were dumping money into jcoin they were dumping money into sign up bonuses they were dumping money into the five percent apy into cash back and it only goes around for so long and my tinfoil hat theory which other people have suggested in the discord is most users probably fell below the 20k and they probably require you to have 20k in the account for them to make a profit on that five percent apy they're offering you so they decided that 20k is the sweet spot where it will make sense for them to offer you 3% below, and if you're really dedicated to Juno, they'll give you that 5% if you have over 20K. That just doesn't sound great to me, especially for a company that I've heard reports of people having their accounts locked or having issues getting in contact with support. I've had support take multiple days to get back to me. Thankfully, it was nothing very serious, but if in the event something did seriously happen, I, I mean, my where I'm choosing to go for my banking, for my checking account, they're all kind of fintech. So I, my expectation for support is already pretty low, so that doesn't matter too much. But all these things in a row, the bypassing login, login bug and I'm not changing it, the red flags, the running out of money, I'm just concerned. And I don't like crypto at all, so I don't even touch that side of the app. So it, it's just time for me to find something new. So next, we'll discuss some of the options that I saw out there and I'll discuss why I considered them and what I ultimately chose. So first option that some people recommended to me that I was looking into is Robinhood Gold. I, I don't love the idea of using Robinhood because of their how do I want to phrase it? Their mishaps in the past with GameStop and, and we like the stock and all that nonsense. But with that in mind, I still wanted to give them the fighting chance. So looking at their offering, they offer something called Robinhood Gold, where it's a $6 per year fee, but you get 4.9% APY. You get an ATM network. I think it's all point with them, which is, seems to be the, the top choice. A 3% IRA match, which I'll discuss here in a, in a minute, but it does have a vesting period. So that's, I'll, again, I'll discuss that in a minute. So that helps um, get back the... $90 or the $60 fee per year. It is a checking account. It has over 4% APY and it has the ATM network. So what's the problem here? So uh, looking at this just with the APY, it's not worth it for $60 a year in my opinion. What does make it a, a contender is this 3% IRA match. So with that 3% IRA match, if you hit the max every year, which I do, which is $6,500, $6,500 times 3% minus $60 is $135 net per year that you will make by using Robinhood Gold as well as using the 3% IRA match. But something you have to note is that that IRA match has a three-year vesting, excuse me, a five-year vesting period. So, and that's per year. So the first year you put it in, five years from then, that that $135 net will vest for you and will be yours but then the next year year two so you deposit in year one year five it vests year two you deposited that doesn't vest till year six 
So this isn't like a standard 401k where you vest it once and then every future investment vests. No, every year has to have that five-year vesting period. And some of you may think, well, long-term, it might make sense for you to buy into this now. I mean, your IRA, you're not going to use for years to come. It's an extra $135 a year into your IRA. But as I mentioned before, I'm very deep into the Bank of America Platinum Honored ecosystem. And I looked at my, every year I do a spend analysis of how much I spend. And just looking at what I used last year, this was before I used the, the, the curve boosted cash back for the online shopping. And now that I have five Bank of America cards, my spend will go up my Bank of America cards. But just looking at what I had last year, I spent enough money to where if I were to go for my current Bank of America Platinum, my current Bank of America Platinum status, which earns 50% additional cash back, to Bank of America Honors status, which would be an extra 25% cash back because it goes from 50% boost to a 75% boost, that additional cash back would amount to $165 cash back per year just on my spend last year. And it's going to drastically go up this year because I'm spending a lot more on those cards because they are netting me a lot more. And the 4.5%, which would turn into 5.25% with the next status that I'm using for my general spend as well as a lot of my other spend. So with that in mind, with this vesting not being for five years, if I were to put the $6,500 for my IRA into Bank of America or Merrill, which is Bank of America's investing side of things, in those five years, by the time my first $135 would vest, I, based on what I already have in Bank of America, I will meet the Platinum Honor status. So it really doesn't make sense for me to go for Robinhood Gold. I can choose to continue to put my money into Bank of America, earn no additional money back like the $135. That's my opportunity cost would be $135. But again, it doesn't vest for five years. So there's really no opportunity cost. I'm just spending $60 per year. And then as soon as I hit that five-year point, I now get boosted to Platinum Honor status and will earn at least an extra $200 cash back per year. While with... Robinhood, even if every year it vested that year, it would only be an extra $135. So Robinhood Gold just doesn't make sense for me. I know there was a lot of numbers, a lot of talking, but that's what my process was. I, for me personally, I don't think it's worth it. If you think that you're going to be using Robinhood Gold and you're not going for Bank of America Platinum Honors and you don't want to store your IRA somewhere else, I think it's a decent choice. 4.9% is great. Robinhood is a nice app. The card's pretty but it's just not personally for me. All right, with that out of the way, next we have Wealthfront. I didn't really know much about Wealthfront. It seems like they're pretty new. I actually don't know when they were, when they came about, but they offer 4.8% APY with a 0.5% boost per referral that you get. Then that can stack for six months. So if you get six referrals this month or seven referrals this month you only get six months of that 0.5 percent boost and you get it per month it doesn't all go to one month so you get 5.3 percent apy for the first six months or for every month you get a referral up to six months and again there's the atm network of all point which is very nice i'll put a referral again in the show notes if you're interested the app's nice it's clean i haven't seen any negatives about it thus far they do 
app uh, specific app credentials for Plaid, which is nice. If you've ever used it before, HM Bradley supports it, which we'll talk about in a minute here. But you don't use your password when logging in. You create a specific randomly generated password for every Plaid connection you have. So you could delete particular Plaid connections if you're interested in that. It's a nice security feature. It also makes signing in a little bit easier. It kind of makes it a pain if you don't have the Wealthfront app on whatever device you're trying to log in or you're not signed in there. Then you have to sign it to Wealthfront and then copy it over. It can be a pain, but overall, it's it's nice. All right, next I was looking to Fidelity Bloom. I already have a Fidelity. I already have a Fidelity Bloom account, but I just used it for the initial sign-up bonus as well as I think they do like a six-dollar match every year for all the deposits you put in there. So I, I do that just for the little extra free money. The account, I believe, offers 5% cash, 5% APY. I keep saying cash back, sorry. 5% APY on the account. I, I forget the exact number, but it's at least close to 5%. Um, with the Fidelity Cash Management account, which I have, which is free, which I also signed up for for sign-up bonus, that has ATM reimbursements everywhere. It doesn't have to be a network. It just automatically gets reimbursed, which is very nice. The only downside that kept me from this account was it's not FDIC insured since it's your your money is deposited into SPAXX, which is a money market account. I believe that's what it's called. Um, so it's not FDIC, FDIC insured, but it's SPIC. I think that's what it is. Let me write this down, right? Let's see. FPIC insurance. SIPC, excuse me. SIPC. It's SIPC insured, which means they'll, if for some reason it goes poof, the amount of assets you have will be given back to you. But if the asset is pegged at a dollar and it drops below a dollar, you're out of luck. You'll get whatever the value is. I mean, this isn't crypto. We're talking about like a major financial institution collapsing, but I don't want to take on that risk, especially when there's other options that have it out there. So as they say in Shark Tank, for that reason, I'm out. But I don't think it's a bad option. At least the the app is decent, and on mobile, on, on web, it doesn't ha- or on desktop, it doesn't have the app. You just use the standard Fidelity login, but that's not bad either. If you want just more of a bare bones, um, power user kind of interface. And finally, the last option I was looking at is H and Bradley. Now I've had an H and Bradley account for a while, and they're actually kudos to H and Bradley. They're kind of what got me into APY chasing and and almost churning as a whole they were one of my first accounts that i opened up um looking at my tracker here they are the 10th account that i opened up i opened it back in 2020 i've had the account for almost three years now i was a really big supporter of hm bradley then with the the dreaded transition between hatch and i forget their new banking partner like some some new york bank nycb or something That came with a lot of pain points. It came with losing debit cards. It came with changing the requirements. Um, And just a lot of headaches came with that account. And I don't love their app. I think it's pretty sluggish. I've brought this up to them in the past. Apparently, they're working on it. I don't love the credit card spending requirement. If that were to drop, I would definitely consider it. Um, But looking back at my requirements, it is a checking account. It offers 4.7%. I mean, the the 0.1%, I really don't care. It's pretty negligible in my opinion. I'm I'm not holding millions of dollars in these accounts, so those little decimals don't matter too much. 
they do require a positive cash flow and a $500 deposit, but I would just put my direct deposit in, which would be fine. But the pain point for me is spending $500 on a credit card. They did just waive that requirement again until the end of September. So that's nice. But my main thing, excuse me for Rachel Bradley, and I keep going back to my Bank of America relationship, but Bank of America's e-bill auto pay is absolute doo-doo. And for some reason, it refuses to accept H.M. Bradley routing and account numbers. So I can't use them for my auto pay for Bank of America. And I I can't live without auto pay. I have five cards with Bank of America. And I know auto pay is, for me, it's like, uh, it's, one, it's, it's a requirement. I, I'm not going to sit here manually pay my cards off. Auto pay is great. So if it doesn't work with H.M. Bradley, I can't work with H.M. Bradley. So unfortunately, they're chopped off. So if you've been listening, Robin of Gold, for me, it's not worth it because I'm in Bank of America. Fidelity Bloom, for me, I don't want to do it because it doesn't have FDIC insurance. H.M. Bradley, I can't do it because of my Bank of America relationship. So the only one that's really left is Wealthfront. And I haven't had any negatives with them yet. I just opened the account. I'm just starting to transfer stuff over from... Juno over to Wealthfront. I put my direct deposit into Wealthfront. I just hooked up all of my... I haven't moved the auto pays over, but I added Wealthfront as a payee on all of my accounts. So I'm slowly in the process. Once I transfer over a good chunk of my balance from Juno, I'll move the auto pays over. I'll leave a little money in, in Juno, probably a couple grand just to make sure that everything is being covered, that I didn't forget something and it hits Juno and bounces out. And then I'm going to cash out my Juno JCoin and just peace out of Juno. So that's my journey. I am switching from Juno to Wealthfront. I'll keep you all abreast of how I'm liking Wealthfront. The app thus far is nice. It's very simple and clean. For me, what it looks like is Wealthfront is just considering their spend account or the checking account as just a loss leader, and it's their way to get you into their other products. They offer things like a investment account. They offer things, I forget what they call them. Let me see. They offer... Automated bond portfolios, automated index investing, and just stock investing. I'm not touching those. I'm just using the cash account, which is 4.8% and up to 5.3% if you have referrals, which really, again, doesn't matter to me. Half a percent isn't too big of a deal. And I'm losing 0.2% from Juno anyway, so it's kind of a wash for me. I don't mind it too much. But I think that's it for today. Um Again, let me know in the Spotify interaction thing if you're interested in hearing some sort of a deep dive on this Albert Genius feature. And otherwise, I'll catch you in the next one. Thanks, y'all.